Been thinking about a vacation trip to the Pacific Northwest? Well, those are just a few of the sounds of this big country. We think sounds are about the best way of communicating there is. So we've assembled a collection of typical sounds of the Pacific Northwest. Now sit back and listen. Shellac and vinyl. Uh, this is what? We're on number seven now, I think. The Northwest Show. This is, as you probably could have gathered by now, the Northwest Show. I'm Chip. I'm Guy, and we're here to do it all again. That was the heats. The uh, the next big thing. <clears throat> one of the next big things that never was. Off their album, I Have an Idea, 1980. But I don't have the album. I've got the 45 with the picture sleeve. Picture sleeve. 1980? Yeah. Really? Yeah. See now. That was before I arrived back in Seattle. I was on my nineteen eighty. I was on my journey in the wilderness down in Portland, Oregon. Were the heats big in Portland? The heats were big. Uh, I was just reading a little bio. Uh, apparently, Nancy or yeah, uh, not no Anne. Anne Wilson was shopping them, uh, trying to get a, a record label, and it said uh, no interest. And I had heard something different. I had heard that they were actually signed, but then the album The Knack came out, and the record company dumped them because they sounded just like The Knack. Well, that had, was the that was the rumor that I had always heard. Well, they had a record label though. Right, but but not like big big national. Oh well, they okay. They went on and formed different bands after that, right? They and did, the like Allies, the Range Hoods. The Allies was one of them too, maybe. I don't think they were in the Allies. Okay, but I don't have any. By the Range time Hoods. I got back here, 
uh, the Allies and the Cowboys were kind of ruining or uh, running the scene, but we'll see. Okay, well, anyway, we got lots of stuff. We got, yeah. as you can see on the desk, I've got many piles, and as is typical of this thing, uh, I bring way too much to the plate, and you know, we always leave a little bit not quite full enough. But we're gonna do it in two hours tonight. It's a two-hour show, and nice and tight. Because we got, I got plans later. It's Things Friday to do. Night. <laughs> it's Friday night. We're it's Friday make a night. Comedy show. And the Mariners aren't losing. Wow, not yet, anyway. So we've got to we we've got to like you know just as a bucket list we've got to check off those Pacific Northwest artists that everybody knows we have to check off except we have no Nirvana. Yes, kind of scandalous. It is, it is. But you know, I I think that they became popular right as vinyl was transferring out into the the CD age. Right? I mean, isn't that about right? Uh, I made my transfer uh probably no probably probably a good uh five years before nirvana okay i remember but, i was still buying vinyl about 80, you're still buying vinyl 80, now. well but I, there was a time though when i when i stopped buying new vinyl and it was like i moved into cds I, you know, I, i've gotten hundreds of cds too yeah is that is that me or you uh I don't. It, uh, I didn't feel anything in my pocket, so <laughs> it was the school system voicemail. Ah, yes. yes. Let's put that on. Our lovely school system keeps yeah. us fully informed all the time. Friday night. Yes. Um, <clears throat> at any rate, so Nirvana. What I think they came. They got big right about eighty four, maybe I think eighty five. Nirvana. Eighty five. No, we're talking like nineteen eighty nine. Oh, well, maybe, that maybe was... Maybe even 1990. Oh, yeah, that was well after the, 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 the transition to... I mean, they were playing down in Belltown, I'm going to say, maybe in, in 87, 88. I don't know how long they were down in Belltown and doing the grunge thing before, but... Uh, well, at any rate, we don't have any Nirvana vinyl, so we're not playing them. Okay, but okay. we... Long, <laughs> the moral of the story, <laughs> we don't have any Nirvana vinyl. We are gonna play another though, uh, another one of the bucket list people, and and that's gonna be Ray Charles because Ray Charles uh, was a, a big a big Northwest guy for a time in the late forties, early fifties, and this is kind of where he became what he later became. Yeah, this can be a little bit educational. I think a lot of people don't know that Seattle in the 40s and early 50s was quite the hotbed for jazz. It had a thriving blues and, yeah. well, uh, rhythm and blues <clears throat> and jazz scene. Yeah. 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 And so that's where Ray Charles uh, hooked up with Quincy Jones, actually, from time to time. And we're, there's another bucket list person who came from my hometown, Bremerton. Huh. And uh, we may play Quincy, but we might not. All right. It depends on the timing. But Ray Charles now. Let's hear it.
Well, that was part of the seedy side of Seattle. Yeah. Writer Paul Barrios called it a culture of legalized corruption. Wow. Yeah, nightclub owners would buy off the police so that they could gamble and drink illegal liquor. There, there was, um, we have later, not right now, we'll play something, somebody else that was part of that scene, Ernestine Anderson. Uh, she was a jazz vocalist. You ever heard of her? Absolutely. So I've got an early album by her, probably mid-50s. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, the Ventures were a Seattle group, oddly enough, but they, you know, they that's where they started, the Ventures. Well, let's hear a song by the Ventures. There you go. This is the Northwest show. So it must be said that the Ventures were from Tacoma, not Seattle. Well, but the Northwest encompasses in a lot of area. And it I, does. We're going to be playing some stuff from Spokane, groups, uh, Portland even, and maybe even venturing into Idaho. Coeur d'Alene, maybe. I've got something in mind. It says here on the Wikipedia, the Ventures are still big in Japan. <clears throat> when they, you're big in Japan. They... they <laughs> They uh, that's a song, right? It yeah. Sure is. Yeah, they they've had uh, they've got like this incredible number of albums they've put out, like like seventy six or something. They also got the moniker the band that launched a thousand bands. Well, because everybody copied them. Yeah, they were kind of like the first surf band, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So earlier in uh, our progression of shellac and vinyl shows, maybe it was the first one. I don't know. We we played. Hot Rod Race by Arky Shibley. That would have been our, our debut show, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was the guy that lived for a time in Bremerton, again, my hometown. And uh, 
I said he had a series of these hot rod race records. Well, since, since then, we've played no Arky Shibley. It's about time to revisit Arky, and we're going to do hot rod race number two. Take it away, guy. Brother Joe are back home safe in San Pedro. My target wore out and my gas is low and my dog going for to just barely go. My twin posh are busted, I'm really in a rut. One carburetor's are leaking and the other one's stuck. My overdrive's slipping, it won't stay in place. My oil she's dripping, I'm a busted crankcase. top is torn and sure does leak and the springs are sticking up through the seat. The wind blew in and chilled my bride, but me and that murky stayed side to side. Now she rattles and smokes like an old diesel truck. I made it home though, I guess it was luck. Cause my bearings were busted, my radiator too, and my fan belt was broke right half and two. Still pale, my wife's still sick, my old fort's nothing but a wreck, but I don't worry for what the heck, me and that murky stayed neck and neck. A Ford's a good car and mighty fast too, but this one is shot and there's nothing to do, so I thought it over and here's what I'll do, I'm gonna trade it off now, wouldn't you? That guess it, he's gonna be sore and he won't like me anymore. But why should I worry for what the heck? Me and Adam Murphy stayed neck and neck. But we had a good race, and I'll remember the day that me and Adam Murphy went out to play. And there's one more thing I'd like to say don't try to be the kid in a hopped up Model A.
okay we did a transition it wasn't perfect but it was okay uh, we we went from Arky Shibley straight into another checkoff Mau Mau by the Whalers by the Whalers Famous. not Bob Marley and the Whalers nope. the other Whalers this was the the Pacific Northwest Whalers that's right this is an original 45 on Golden Crest Records my goodness it's kind of a rainbow label there yeah yeah so Jesse Lee Shipley known as Arky because he was from Arkansas originally yes <laughs> yes but went to Bremerton for a while for a while yeah so um that uh I had spoken earlier there's the dog <laughs> we had spoken earlier for our longtime listeners they're quite familiar with the dog situation oh my gosh what is happening so uh that there are there are artists from all over the state and over in the east side of the state kind of the northeast there's a little place called tico mildred bailey was a famous jazz singer in the 30s and the 40s she came from tico my she, goodness she um she because you make it sound like very few things come from tico tico is a small town it's a little little farming community um she and her brother and it's outside spokane i'm guessing i don't exactly know how i mean we could look it up on the google but all right well, maybe while you talk i'll take a peek while we're playing um you can figure that out but she and her brother moved down to los angeles and they both hooked up with the paul whiteman <clears throat> orchestra and uh they both became vocalists with the paul whiteman band and and um she ended up marrying Red Norvo, and uh, Red Norvo was another great jazz artist. He was a vibraphonist, uh, and and uh, she died early of cancer, though. Anyway, she she was big for a few years, and we're gonna play one of her songs on shellac right now. Change her mind. 
Proclaim to all our many, many listeners that I have now dubbed this city Humility USA. Why? As the Tico website's biggest boast is that it has a rich heritage playing a key role in the development of other neighboring communities. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're they're all about community. They're all about community. That's right. Population over eight hundred. <clears throat> located pretty much between uh, south of Spokane and north of Pullman, where Washington State is. Where I went to school. I should know exactly where it is. But I don't. Okay, what are we doing here? We're, we're like, we got, we got records everywhere. It's gotten smaller in here. I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, here's what we can do. Uh, we played... We played a while ago. Oh, let's just let's just do another bucket list one, okay? Okay. Okay. I'm I'm sensing the listeners will know. No, they may not. We'll tell them at the end. But it's a bucket list one, okay? Okay. Yeah. Guess the artist.
that's the Kingsman doing money. More famous for Louis Louis. Yes, but they still, you know, I mean, they 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 played the, the three chord thing. Sure. Several times. Fidelity was a little challenging on that one. Was it a little? Yeah. Little, it's a it's an old forty five man. Yeah. It's well, it's an old one. No, it's just. That's how we that's we how we do here at the Shellac and Vinyl Show. That's how we do. Uh, remember a year, uh, a year, not quite a year, but a long time ago, I said I found that record in the basement. Is that the heater? Yes. That, <laughs> here, it's it's one of the sounds of the Pacific Northwest forced air heating. Yeah, it's <clears throat> pouring outside. Uh, it is pouring. So I found that record in the basement on JR the JR Ranch label, and I played it, and it was just this crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to play that again because we played it before, but. I found I found another JR Ranch record in the basement. Again, you know, thinking it was probably going to be a, like a cowboy record because there's plenty of those. It's not. It's it's all it's kind of cool. Now, I think this is the right side because now just I'm sorry for our loyal listeners, they'll know, but remind me again, JR Ranch was a, re, a record label, a record out of Spokane, label right? in Seattle. Oh, in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, and and the the pre it was Norm Hauge, remember, and it was uh, the uh, the the more boogie or something like that, the more theater boogie or no, it was what's the name of that that place uh, where people have shows right there in the market. In the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On first, first and Pike. The anyway. Arctic Room, or no, 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 no that's no. that's uptown. Yeah, I can't think <clears throat> of it right now. But anyway, so this one is by. Marge Whaley and and it's it's I it's not like Norm Hauge's one but it's still pretty cool okay all right let's hear it <laughs> Quite nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was uh, a little, you know, kind of like barrel house piano a little bit or, or rag. I don't know what it was. They call that like saloon pa- piano. Yeah. Apparently back in the uh, early, uh, looks like the, I guess early 50s, there was a Seattle Songwriters Club that helped support people like Marge Whaley. Did you find Marge Whaley on the... I did. Wow. She actually wrote something called the Seattle Song. <clears throat> She, yeah, you um, were thinking of the Showbox Theater by yeah, Pike Place. That's yeah. exactly. I don't know if that was the the song that I was wanting to play, but it was okay. No, that was a nice, nice boogie. Wabash, Wabash Blues. Um, okay, now we're gonna do something a little bit more current, but still kind of a bit of a throwback. One of our local bands that has has been kind of a an institution around here for a long time are the Dusty Forty Fives. We have played something by the Dusty have. 45s before. And we're not going to play that one again. But this is uh, their version. This is a live album I purchased. Did you? Were you at the show with me? I was not at the show with you. Okay, they played at the West Seattle Summerfest this summer. Right, and that's I, always the same weekend as the Vashon Festival, nice. so we're always out there. Okay, well, I was excited as heck to, to watch them, and I, I ended up buying a couple of their albums. <laughs> Surprise, yeah. surprise. And and this is one of the songs on one of their albums. Let's hear the Dusty 45s.
they they really put on a great show. A bit of a Spanish feel. Yeah, they, they uh, he plays trumpet and he's also the lead singer, and they they have a lot of good vocals. But I think during that song, he actually lights his trumpet on fire. Wow. It's, okay. It's pretty cool. Really, it's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, so we're going to change it up just a little bit. By the way, I found that album I was looking for, like, frantically for Good. three songs. <sighs> anyway, we're going to change it up just a little bit. About 20 years ago, I purchased a... a it was when, it was before Craigslist, before the internet. That was the days... Before the internet. It was the days of... The, the that little, would be more than 20 years ago. Was it 25, maybe? I don't know. It was okay. A, it was... Remember the Little Nickel, those yeah. little newspapers? Yeah, yeah. I found an ad in the Little Nickel when I was living in Bremerton at the time because I, you know, I moved over here about 10 years ago to Seattle. And and uh, there was an ad for 78 records in just, that's all it was, 78 records in Tacoma. And I called up and they, the guy says, I've got lots of 78s. And so I drove, you know, my pickup and there were boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes and more boxes of 78s it turns out that this guy was the the son-in-law of one of the inland empire's pioneer radio guys hmm. and um he he was a dj this his father-in-law he was a dj but he was also kind of a musician and he and he, he put the, he was in a group that was like a, a hillbilly group and they have some of their their acetates that they cut, and I've got, I'm gonna play one of them right now. They're kind of like a hillbilly mountain group, but I'm gonna play one. So this is an unreleased yeah. music, yeah, broadcast for the first time across well, the nation. I can't say that they never played it on the guy's radio station, but I doubt no, it. It's probably true. like you know home recording. Yeah, but here, let's give it a try. Gonna dedicate this here number to rootin', tootin', two-gun packin', six-gun shootin' Mac McAllister. Yeah. The younger night, dear, as I lay sleeping, I dream I held you in my arms. But I awoke here, I was mistaken, and I hung my head and cried. Not my sunshine, my only sunshine, you make me happy. That's called access to a studio. No kidding. And, and I've got a couple others. I, You know, it's all kind of... Uh, who, who was it? It's a guy named... Guy's <laughs> unknown person's father-in-law? Well, okay, so here's here's the label. It's handwriting, and it says the K-O-N-P Hillbillies, and I think that was the, like a, a, a Moscow, Idaho station. All right. 
uh, recorded May 4, 1945, dedicated to Mac McAllister by Bob and Stan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they were just goofing around with the record button on. It was pretty cool. Different. Oh, come on. You know, this is a this is like a, an exploration. It's like ar- an archaeology dig. That's true. That's true. Okay. So, you know... But um, it's not something that we're going to include in the satellite we're sending into space. No, no. But yeah, let's let's. But you know, there was kind of a hillbilly and cowboy influence to a lot of the recordings that were made in the '40s out here. Uh, there, one of the one of the uh, seminal guitar innovators in as far as inventions and. And playing around here anyway. It was a guy named Paul Tutmark. And um, this was his group. It's called Paul Tutmark and the Wranglers. It's another shellac. It's called Ain't You Shamed.
So, of course, we segued straight from Paul Tutmark into quite a different feel. Different Paul. Paul Revere and the Raiders doing just like me. And I, I want to make a correction. I said that I was going to play uh, Ain't You Shamed by Paul Tutmark, and I didn't. I played Bronco Buster's Rag because I, I knew that the other side had a better steel guitar. So I played that. Well, it was very nice. Thank you. And, and here's kind of a an odd little coincidence that Bonnie Guitar Watson, who later became married to Merle Haggard, was for a time Paul Tutmark's wife. Hmm. And she was on, she actually played on that that uh, Bronco Busters rag album. And then she, of course, uh, probably like 1958, had a huge hit on her own, Dark Moon. And we're going to play that right now. Excellent. Dark moon Away up high up in the sky Oh, tell me why, oh, tell me why You've lost your splendor Dark moon What is the cause your life withdraws Is it because, is it because I've lost my love Mortals have dreams Of love's perfect scheme But they don't Dark moon Away up high up in the sky Oh, tell me why, oh, tell me why You've lost your splendor Dark moon What is the cause your life withdraws? Is it because, is it because I've lost my love? Splendor 
pretty yeah it was pretty a little yeah. slow but bonnie guitar watson yep yeah. apparently bear likes her a lot bear is a big barking dog he, he barks pretty much at anything well he's just so excited about the northwest music show one of these days he's going to be something other than a puppy one of these days yeah so will you indulge me i will indulge you okay this is gonna be a little weird but it's it's if we're going a northwest show god Jesus. <laughs> if we're doing a Northwest show and it's on it's vinyl and shellac, we really have to play a cut from my high school jazz band. We put out a record. Wow. And you know, I mean, maybe there was and, and what should we be listening to that would be your instrument? I played alto sax. Alto sax. Yes. And, and I am not the 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 star by any means of of this record i mean i was just at this point i was a junior in high school and i was just filling a spot i was second alto um my senior year i actually did kind of play a featured role and that was kind of like the high point of my music career but uh, i played in a really i mean this this jazz group that that we were in in high school was a really good band i mean some, the guy that you're going to hear playing tenor sax, he still plays professionally around Seattle, a guy named Paul Fessenden. Uh, John Mutchler is a, also has been a professional musician, and he, he's now the mayor of Ferndale, I think, or Linden or something like that. But um, this, this song that I'm going to play is called Got the Spirit. And I listened to it last night, and honestly, to, to, it just does not sound like a high school band. Maybe maybe I'm just being, you know, maybe I've got blinders on, but it, it's it's pretty cool. Well, Northwest high school bands are quite renowned. I mean, well, in those days, place the Duke Ellington contest back in New York quite yeah, frequently. Yeah, <clears throat> those it was in those days the big bands. Well, let me just tell you, the, the big bands were Kent Meridian, and um, uh, what was the what's the the high school down off of Rainier. Franklin? Franklin. Kenny G, Kenny Gorlick was ah. was their big star. And then there was a couple others and we were one of them. And you know, and this was like from like 73 to about 77. And and what's the, what school is this again? This was West Bremerton High School. West Bremerton High School. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. All right. At this time we'd like to introduce to you just really a fine band under the direction of really a fine leader. Dick Norton and the West Bremerton High School Jazz Ensemble.
was really great yeah that was pretty fun to listen to where was that uh, recorded uh we're doing a little like uh band challenge thing like there were yeah. several bands at the arena there, there were these festivals that we played at and that might have been maybe in shoreline up in seattle north seattle or it might have been down at the university of portland could have been um we did one in in bremerton it's, it could have been any number of places. Kind of has a bar feel to it, the way you can hear those voices. <laughs> well, it was live, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Guys hanging out near the mic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the, that was that tenor sax player is wow. Paul Fessenden, and he's still playing around Seattle today. I mean, he's in a, what's the name of the group? Big Daddy's Review or something like that. Big Dog Review or something. Ooh. I don't know. He's really good. Yeah. He was good in high school. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> and that was, you know. 40 years ago. So now we're going to play something from uh, an artist from maybe not. That one's good. I don't know. I don't exactly know what that one is. Because I see here. Yeah, we'll play this one. And the tears. Nah, maybe. Muse. Oh, no. This is what we're going to play. Phil Moore. He was this pianist and vocalist from Portland. And. Um, Yip yip to hootie, my baby said yes. <laughs> Let's hear some film war. I feel so happy. I wanna shout. I'm gonna tell you what it's all about. I found my one idea. This time I know it's real. Yip yip to hootie, got me a beauty. She sure is a dream, my baby said yes, she said yes, she said yes, she didn't say no. 
cockadoodle, I'm off my noodle, I'm way off the beam. My baby said yes, she said yes, she said yes, she didn't say no. Now knock me a daisy, knock it all the day. Boy, don't tell me I'm crazy, I'm happy this way. Hi, diddle, diddle, marching down the middle. And now we're a team, cause baby said yes, she said yes, she said yes, she didn't say no. Yip de hooties, got him a beauty. Yip de hooties, she's my tootie tootie. Yip de hooties, got him a beauty, what's her name? Why, her name is Elutie. Marching down the middle, and now we're a team. Cause baby said yes, she said yes, she said yes, she didn't say no. And unless I miss my guess, you know the rest. How about that mess? My baby said yes.
That was Redbone, Maggie. And the drummer is from a little, little, little town out on the, I think the farthest north, farthest northwest point on the continental United States, Nia Bay. There's the bear again. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what we played right before <clears throat> that. It was, uh, Aluti was the name of the girl. He was... Hootie Tootie Happy. Oh, all right, Fillmore, Fillmore, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we went then we segued straight into Redbone. We played Redbone before. They did the Witch Queen of New Orleans we played on our Halloween show. Well, so all of you who haven't checked that out yet, go to the website. <laughs> Musicnotnailpolish.webs.com. Of course, if you're listening to this, you're already there. Maybe. Or I might have sent them the, the file from my Dropbox. That's true. Yeah. Uh, there's a little, there was a little... Because we're still gearing up to take on Revlon. Yeah, just timing-wise. Uh, lawsuits cost time. They well, do. Yeah. We are, there was a I told you we were going to play something from a little label in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. There was a band called the Royal Playboys, and they recorded a couple songs on a little group called, a little, a little label called Souvenir. This is Hawaiian War Chant. that uh, beat kind of a rudimentary surf rockabilly mix yeah. a little bit yeah i they i've got one more 45 of theirs i think they put out a couple one of them was that was on that little local label called souvenir in Coeur d'Alene, but then they went up to the big time they put a record or two out on imperial mm. 
I'm glad they made it to the big time. Yes. What would it be? What? How could we? How could we do a Northwest show without probably the most famous of all Northwest artists? Right? You know who that is, right? Uh, I can take a guess. Take a guess. Come on, let's do it. Mr. Hendrix. Wow. No, that's not who I was thinking. Mr. Crosby. Yeah, yeah, a little bing. So <laughs> this is interesting because he was friends with Mildred Bailey's brother, and they all went down together. See, I didn't want to tell that part of the story. They all went down. Mildred went down first, but then her brother, I think his name was Harry, maybe. Went down. You're saying down to L.A. L.A., yeah. yeah to yeah. make it big. And and they all they all hooked up with Paul Whiteman, and then, you know, he, Bing Crosby sang with Paul Whiteman for a little bit, and then he played with this group called the Gus Arnheim Coconut Grove Orchestra. And then then he went out on his own and, of course, became just this huge, huge star. I mean, you know, you really can't really... He's He was like a rock star back in the 30s. Sure. Yeah, huge. Sure. Huge. Yeah. Okay, so let's play something by him. Please do. Wanna win your heart's desire? Sweet melodies of love inspire romance. Just murmur da 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 da, and when you do, she'll answer da 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 da, and nestle closer to you. Learn to prove You'll eliminate each rival soon If you're heading for a sunny honeymoon Learn to prove In days of old when nights were bold Fair ladies were enraptured By stirring deeds of chivalry and daring but nowadays, in other ways, sweet maids are won and captured. You'll hear the best authorities declaring. Learn to prove. Ya da 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 just murmur da 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 And when you do She'll answer da 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 And nestle closer to you Learn to prove You'll eliminate each rival soon if you're heading for a sunny honeymoon, learn to cruise. 
loving cup. I fill the loving cup. I fill the loving cup. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, of course, was Steve Miller. Yes, it was that loving cup off the Joker. You know, he first came out of San Francisco. Well, he started in Chicago, but came out of San Francisco. I was trying to figure out when he actually moved up here. I think it was about 75, wasn't it? Could have been. And I think that he was living in Seattle when he did this. I don't know what album that was from. That was off the Joker. Off the Joker album. Yeah. Well, the Joker had been 73. <clears throat> okay, well, maybe he was living in San Francisco and... No, it, it could have, he could have been up in Seattle by that time. I don't I know. I think by the time he put out Fly Like an Eagle, he was living in Seattle. And that was the one that came out after the Joker. Yep. Okay, so you're using the Google. I'm just doing this off my head, man. <laughs> that was the flip side. That song was the flip side of Fly Like an Eagle. The song we just heard? Yeah, that was the flip side of the 45 of Fly Like an Eagle. You said it was off the Joker album. It is. Oh, but they but threw it on the back of the 45. Yeah, oh, isn't that something? Clever. Yeah, well, it's a good song. It's. Yeah. We don't, because we're up in the Pacific Northwest, which was settled by loggers loggers and Scandinavians who displaced the Native Americans, there's not a lot of blues music up here. Not a lot of blues, you know. And I like to play, I guess. I I like to play a lot. I like to play rhythm and blues and blues on the show. And there's just, because this is a Pacific Northwest show, there's not a lot of that. We, I have to, I think, you know what? I probably need to run downstairs and get some Jimi Hendrix be, because we haven't played any. Well, as you said, we, we have enough for several Northwest yeah, shows. Yeah, that's right. So we'll maybe, just, maybe it'll be next time. Save that for the next show. Okay. Um, the original of, so this is another Spokane guy that started off on the Souvenir label. This is actually on the Four Star label, but he's a Spokane guy. I'm going to play it because I don't want to give it away because you're, you know, like, what is it? What is it? What is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's Red Skelton. Nope, not Red Skelton, but here we go. All right. Well, you heard the story of the hot rod race that fatal day when the Ford and the Mercury went out to play. Well, this is the inside story, and I'm here to say I was a kid that was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor, and it's really souped up, but that Model A body makes it look like a pub. It's got 12 cylinders, uses them all with an overdrive that just won't stall. It's got a four-barrel carbon, dual exhaust, four living gears, you can really get lost. It's got safety tubes, and I'm not scared, the brakes are good, and the tires are fair. We left San Pedro late one night, the moon and the stars were shining bright, everything went fine up the grapevine hill, we was passing cars like they were standing still. And all of a sudden, like a flick of an eye, a Cadillac sedan had passed us by. A remark was made, there's a car for me, but by then the taillights are all you could see. Well, the fellas ripped me for being behind, so I started to make that Lincoln unwind. I took my foot off the gas, and man alive, I shoved it down into overdrive. Well, I wound it up to 110, twist the speedometer cable off the end. I had my foot feet clear to the floor, said that's all there is, and there ain't no more. Went around a corner and I passed a truck, I whispered a prayer just for luck. Penners clicking the guardrail close, the guy beside me were white as gold. 
I guess they thought I'd lost my sense. The telephone poles looked like a picket fence. They said, slow down, I see spots, the lines and the road just looked like God. Smoke was rolling out in the back when I started again on that Cadillac. I knew I could catch him and hope they could pass, but when I did, I'd be short on gas. Tires on the side, you can feel the tension. Man, what a ride. I said, hold on, I got a license to fly and a Cadillac pulled over. Let me go by. And all of a sudden, the rod started knocking, went down on a dip and she started rocking. I look at my mirror and the red light was blinking. Cops was after my hot rod Lincoln. Well, they arrested me and put me in jail. I called my pop to go my bail. He said, son, You're gonna drive into drinking. You don't quit driving that hot rod Lincoln. Hot rod Lincoln. And that was the original. The, the guy was from Spokane. He was named Charlie Ryan. And that, like I said, was on the four-star label, but he started off on Souvenir too. There uh, you go. So, you know, the the Seattle Seattle was big in the 80s, the grunge scene. You know, for, personally, I never really got into it because I think I was a little too old at the time. But there were several big, huge bands. We've already talked about Nirvana. Mudhoney was another one. And so I think that because this is a Northwest show and because it was such a big thing, and Mudhoney is a pretty good group. I've seen them live. We're going to play something by them.
lot of energy there. That was the Seattle grunge scene. Mud Honey. Mud Honey. They're still around. I, they are still... I think they, they reformed. I saw them at a show, like, maybe... Didn't one or two of them go off to do Pearl Jam? <clears throat> I don't know. Did they? I don't... I don't think so. I don't think those guys were in Mud Honey. I, you have to have like a chart. Yeah, I, I forget. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Are they a Seattle mm. group? Why they are. Wow. Well, we might have to play something by them. Not right now. Remember I told you a little bit ago, uh, what show was it? Maybe the third show, second show maybe, the Liverpool Five from Spokane. Yes. And and they played. It was kind of like that had that psychedelic. Psychedelic, feeling. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna play another 45 by them. This is uh, this is called "Any Way That You Want Me." Spokane. <laughs> right. It was, uh, I, I had the recollection that it was a, a little faster. Well, as you say, it kind of picked up near it the end. It did kind of pick up at the end. I promised some Ernestine Anderson. We take, we take your music any way that you want it, guy. Well, for some reason, I thought that that was, it had a 
faster beat like the uh, the the one that I played before. The Mud Honey song. No. Uh, oh, the, right. The other Liverpool Five. Yes. Let's let's put a new tune on. Here we go. Mad about the boy. I know it's stupid to be mad about the boy. I'm so ashamed of it, but must admit the sleepless nights I've had about the boy. On the silver screen, he melts my foolish heart in every single scene. Although I'm quite aware that here and there are traces of the cat about the boy. Lord knows I'm not a fool schoolgirl in the flurry of a first affair will it ever cloy this odd diversity of misery and joy I'm feeling quite insane and young again and old because I'm mad about the diversity of misery and joy I'm feeling quite insane and young again and all because I'm mad about the
Why did we play Loretta Lynn on a Seattle or a Pacific Northwest show? I was asking that. You did ask that. Yes, and you, I'm still befuddled. Loretta Lynn lived in Squim for a time. Squim, the town of the Egg and I. The Egg and I. Do you remember the Egg and I? Upon no. which Ma and Pa Kettle were based? No. Yeah. Ma, you remember the Ma and Pa Kettle movies? I don't. I always referred to the couple pictured in American Gothic as Ma and Pa Kettle. Okay, but. Ma and Pa Kettle. There were, there were these movies in that were done in the 50s or early 60s. They were Ma and, Ka, Ma and Pa Kettle. And they were kind of like rural backwoods people. It was Those movies were based on a book called The Egg and I about a chicken farm in Squim which is just south of Port Angeles, just north of Paul's Bow over on the Kitsap Olympic Peninsula. It's actually Isn't not on the, the Kitsap. Essentially the opposite of the Twilight Town. I don't know what the Twilight Town is. Where the Twilight books are based. Oh, well that's Port Angeles. No. It's yeah. not Port Angeles. Oh, it's Forks. The, it's Forks. Okay. And Forks is the either is the wettest Yes. Town. Yes, and Squim is the driest. And Squim is the driest. And they're only like 30 miles apart because of the Olympic rain shadow. Yes. Yes, that's true. You know so much about the Olympics. I do. All right. There's a book in here about the Olympics somewhere. Yes. Because those are mountains we look at every day. And I've climbed them. Um, At any rate. You're an amazing man. Nah. Nah. For an alto sax player. All right. Well, we're not, see, this is this is why I asked you to indulge me. I didn't want, I, you know. So when I was in fifth grade band, because mm-hmm. out here in, in the West, uh, band started in fifth grade. I don't I don't know if that was it. The Bremerton Fourth. School District. Fourth, Fourth grade for you? Yeah. Um, I, uh, the my next door neighbor was uh, an incredible musician. Um, he was, I'm going to say, three, four years older than I am. Uh, very strange guy. Wasn't, wasn't popular at all as back in the 70s you know the musicians were not the popular athletes mm-hmm. but anyway he, he could play anything and he had a saxophone that he loaned me so i could do band class and the great thing about my saxophone was that it had a clear mouthpiece cool <laughs> so is that guy famous now uh you know i have no idea i've never even googled him uh, okay so what well, at any rate Loretta he had, Lynn he lived won in a, uh, like a 1940s car in a radio 
sweepstakes, and it was in their garage. And he had, it had nothing to do with his musical ability. Nothing to do with musical no. ability, but they had this beautiful 1940s car in their garage. Cool. That, that, uh, yeah. hard, I, in fact, I think I only remember it coming out maybe twice. If you ever. will peel your eyes to the closet, yes. you see the bottom of what looks like a suitcase? Uh, Over I'm, here in a corner? I am Next obstructed. to the foam balls? Okay, well, that's my socks. That's your sax. Yeah. I pull it out every once in a while and play it, still to this very day. I uh, I gave mine up. You played sax? I played sax for nice. two years. Now, you, you know... In grade school band. You know a guy named Jim Sangster, you say? Yes. Yeah. Went to summer camp with Jimmy. Jim Sangster. And, and how old were you at that point? This is, this is Chip as a youth. Chip yeah, as a right. youth. Yes. Uh, so the wonderful thing is Jimmy... Uh, actually brought his electric guitar and he and a camp counselor rocked the house uh, in the final days of camp and how old playing were you? Stairway to Heaven and with you... the full jam. Jimmy Jimmy was clear, was a talented guitar player. And you were how old? I'm going to say that I was 12. And so he was 12 or 14 or... I have no idea how old he was. Well, as you know, I'm sure... Jim Sangster was a, is was a member of the one young of, fresh fellows. The young fresh fellows, a, a kind of an underground, but nevertheless very well known and well respected Pacific Northwest group uh, that has been around since the eighties. Um, unfortunately, their lead singer, well, they've had several of them were lead singers, but uh, Scott McGaughy, he had uh, a stroke here not too long ago. He's in a band right now. With uh, Peter Buck and a couple other guys. Um, hmm. Of REM fame. Yes, yes. But at any rate... REM located to Seattle? I don't think REM located to Seattle. Peter Buck did. Well, but they were recording here. I believe the uh, Monster album was oh, recorded... Okay. Uh, well, Black Angels... At uh, um, Hearts Studio down in Belltown. Bel- uh, Black Angels recorded their last album here, too. But uh, I don't. they're not Pacific Northwest artists so much. But so beyond, Loretta Lynn and Squim makes the show. It makes the show. But Peter Buck doesn't. Well, <laughs> if we had if we had the baseball project on vinyl. There you go. If we had the baseball project. I saw the baseball project at South by. I saw them at uh, out at the tractor a few years ago. Anyway, at anyway, the reason I'm I was leading you about Jim Sangster is because I've got lots of the Young Fresh Fellows on vinyl. And you know what? We're going to hear some. Yes.
Get Out of My Cave by the Young Fresh Fellows. And I think oh, I was telling you we could do it. Did, did I already say this? We could do a whole show on just the Young Fresh you said Fellows. said you had several albums, yes. Did that, was that on the air? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so it's about time for some more cider, I think. Uh, you know, uh, I mentioned earlier that the Pacific Northwest was settled by Scandinavians. And it wouldn't be a Pacific Northwest show unless we did some of you know one of those old novel band or something the swedish novelty norwegian novelty type songs and and i was hoping well i mean we could do this for the next pacific northwest show but this one's gonna be uh by a guy named doug satterberg um stan borson is the the seminal scandinavian novelty singer with the the accordion you know of course of course no mo and slow mo and (laughs) Everybody knows Stan Borson. Him. I have no idea who you're talking about. What? Oh, come on. Really? You don't know Stan Borson? I don't know Stan Borson. Oh, he was from Ballard. Maybe I managed to to avoid crazy accordion songs. <clears throat> it, it, it was his whole shtick. He had a whole shtick. You're a few years younger than me. He had a TV show when I was a kid, and he played his accordion and sang Scandinavian songs. Okay, then, yeah. Okay, but you remember J.P. Patches, J.P. Right? Patches, of okay. course. That, that's where I come in. Birthday in the dryer. I was more of a Brakeman Bill guy myself. but I remember Brakeman Bill. Okay, so there was Ooh. Captain Puget. Catch Can Sam, the animal man. Yeah, there was <laughs> Captain Puget. There was Stan Borson, J.P. Patches, and Brakeman Bill. All local. Te- Wonder Wonder was another. So there was like five young kids shows. Gosh, I, I only know of uh, J.P. Patches. And Brakeman Bill. Bill. Yeah. <clears throat> See, Never so they, you're the like five. Guys. You must be about five years younger than I me. think so. Anyway, so so anyway, there was this. It's there's this whole Scandinavian influence, and, and so we're gonna play one of the 
novelty records on 78 shellac that I, that I have. When I was back in Stockholm, just walking down the street, I saw a little fish barrel almost at my feet. I looked right in and Jiminy Vis, what do you think of that? There was the funniest, wearing a purple hat. Yeah, there was the funniest, wearing a purple hat. I was wearing a green one myself. I looked at it, it looked at me, we both looked at each other. It was a little bit taller than me, cause I was in the gutter. Along came a guy with a polka dot tie, he said, hey, this is rich. It tell me who is the... I don't know which is which. It tell me who is the... I don't know which is which. Another fella came along and looked at both of us. He jumped around and hollered, oh, he made an awful fuss. Then he hung his head and wrung his hands and said, oh, what's the use? I always wanted it, but this one's chewing snooze. I always wanted it, but this one's chewing snooze. But then so was I. I took it down to fisherman's dock and put it on my boat. I would have dragged it out behind, but the darn thing wouldn't float. All the herring chokers told me that I was a schmoo. They said, either you were that, ah! one of you got to go. Either you were that, ah! one of you got to go. I uh, took it out of the barrel, and I put it in a box. Then I took it out to the ocean. I was clever as a fox. I set it adrift and sailed away. But now I'm sure embarrassed. The guy who found it was a fella named Phil Harris. The guy who found it was a fella named Phil Harris. Kind of early Peter Sellers. It was a take. There. It's a takeoff on the, the thing, which was a song made popular by Phil Harris. Ah, all right. That was the the reference at the end. Yeah, I was kind of going like, "What has that got to do with anything?" Okay. <laughs> so here's here's a you've never heard of this guy, Ron Davies. Uh, you ever heard of Gail? That's, that's Ray Davies' brother. Nope, nope. Gail <laughs> Davies was this very popular country singer in probably the late '80s. Another Kitsap County, over on the other side of the water. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, artist. Her brother was Ron Davies, and he was um, a, a talent. And he, but he died really early. He died young, and so we're gonna play. He has one song. I'm, I'm sure you've heard it. I think Leon Russell did a, a cover of it, quite popularly. I think that's a word. Maybe. I think so. Uh, but we're gonna play the the Ron the, Davies. Ron Davies playing "It Ain't Easy," singing and playing.
Yeah. It, that it, was a gem. It, it really is. A, it's a nice. It's a the whole album's nice. Uh, Ron Davies, huh? He, yeah. He he was fifty seven when he died. I've got a little newspaper article here about him. Um, yeah. And he recorded like in the uh, Olympic Peninsula. No, he he recorded in L.A. L.A. Okay. Yeah, but but he's from the Olympic Peninsula, Kitsap Peninsula, actually. Ah. You know, very close to where I grew up. So we're we're running out of time, and, and like I, we've got enough. Seriously, who haven't we played? Jimi Hendrix, Merrily Rush, um, Larry Coryell, Quincy Jones. I said we may get to him. We didn't get to him. Kenny uh, G. We're not gonna ever play Kenny G. <laughs> Never. Come on. No, I mean maybe when he was in high school playing as Kenny Gorlick for Franklin, you know, we could do the Franklin record like we played the West Bremerton record. That'd be fine. Who do we got here? Just we got let's, let's not get snobby or, or or judgmental. I don't like he the... is talented. I mean we should you know recognize that. Okay, so he had one album where he kinda of played straight jazz. It, it he played several Oh, ah, right, right. So so he like instead of poppy stuff. Yeah. Instead of elevator stuff. Right. And and if we play if we had that on vinyl, I'd play it. But But we don't. No. So we So no, we can't. So we can't. So who who haven't we hit today? Don Lanfear, very famous tenor saxophonist. Uh Earl Robinson, a famous folk singer. Are this the, these are like are you foreshadowing the, the Northwest two show? Could be. Could All be. Right. <laughs> Vic Meyer, a big uh, a big band artist, uh leader, who later became the lieutenant governor of Washington. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, um, Corky Corcoran, a great tenor saxophone player for Lionel Hampton, the Crazy Eights. Ah, oh, the Crazy Eights. I have the album right here. I was like, oh. it's ready to. It was like next. Oh, but we can't That's... do it. We have the other things we got to do. Bud Shank, the sa tenor sax player, Bill Frizzell, you know, Bill Frizzell. But who haven't we played? That is, of course, you know, they're world famous. Uh, Nirvana, <laughs> and we've talked at length. <laughs> and we've talked at length about that. No, of course we're talking about Pearl Jam. So the only vinyl I have of Pearl Jam is Vitalogy, and you know you're probably more familiar with their music than I am. What should I play off that album? Here, I'm going to give it to you. You choose. This is well, your choice. I thought the uh, Nothing Man isn't. I thought, I thought Daughter was on this, but, no, I, but it's, it's not. not. Isn't Nothing Man kind of famous? Better Man. Can't oh. find a better man. Okay, then that's not them. That's not the right one. You tell me which play, song to play, and I'll play it. Well, play Nothing Man, then. Okay.
Okay, so obviously that was heart and like the classic 70s FM cut that went on and on and on. But yeah. it's still kind of nice. Had a few changes there, yes. Yeah. Uh, before that, I don't think we did play Nothing Man. I think we played... Um, Spin the Black Circle. Yeah, that's what we played. And Which is what we do all the time. Yes, that's their little... They're circular and they're black. And they're black. And they, we play them and they spin. So uh, this has been kind of helter skelter, but this was our this was our Northwest show, and we're just about done with it. And as typical, we entered it really without a plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we've played a bunch of stuff. Yeah, uh, we have a lot more we could play, and maybe that'd be like the the Northwest show part two. But this is where we're going to end it tonight. We're gonna we're gonna fade out with I don't know. We're not gonna fade out. We're gonna we're gonna. Run to. We're gonna pack up. Run to the hour, top of the hour with with one last cut off of. Uh, see, I really do have a lot of Young Fresh Fellows records. We're gonna play one more Young Fresh Fellows record. Hey, what's your hurry? I see. You've listened to the sounds of the Pacific Northwest, and now you just can't wait to go look. Fine, but we had one more important sound we wanted you to hear. Well, they were walking down the street I'd never seen a couple young fresh fellows before Well, there was something about the way they combed their hair And something about the clothes that they wore Well, they don't act so cool, they're just regular Joes Well, they're the young fresh fellows now, nobody knows Well, I've never seen a couple young fresh fellows before Hang around Well, they were awfully cool Those guys answered me true They said Just stick with us, man We'll show you what to do and They took me to a rock club Where the girls were the most We imparted all our bruises In our big sponge coats Now, I never knew I was a young, fresh fellow before Wonderful way to end. Yeah. Show number seven. Lucky seven. 
that's it. See y'all. Thanks for listening. If you made it through this this far, there's more to come. Tune in next time. Bye.